Hello, friends. It is your pals, the Highfalutin Ski Bums, and you are here for the Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 87. 87. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what is up? It's going good, Brian. How are we doing today? Dude, good. got the wacky radio broadcast voice going on today. Wah, wah. Had a lot of coffee. <laughs> a lot of coffee here. What kind of coffee did we wah, have, Brian? Wah. Goya, oh boya. Oh boy, when it when you need coffee, oh boya. Not an official sponsor of the podcast quite yet, but... Not yet. We're trying to get Goya on board. There's some <laughs> great folks making some great coffee. <laughs> That's pretty funny, Brian. Yeah, I'm seriously getting like wound up from this coffee. I like you juiced, man. Ooh, Dude, good. when I was growing up, like my mom would make El Pico or, or the Goya one. Mm-hmm. It is fucking extra juice caffeinated, man. Yeah, we were going to just use the Keurig, but then the Keurig stopped working and we're smashing it and it didn't work. And then Keurig. we fired up the old French press and I think we put way too much coffee in. Mm-mm. It's the type of coffee, man. Is it? Yeah, it's like it's a, it's ground for, I think it's extra fine ground, almost like a espresso type. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. I don't know. It's yeah. always like extra strong. There's a lot of oils coming out there. So we're extra extra fired up here. Hopefully we can get through the whole podcast while still on the up and not getting the crash. Oh, uh, no crash. No crash. We go, Woo, we got a little monster energy for that. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. You can get all of our information at skibumpodcast.com. We are on the socials, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast, instagram.com slash skibumpodcast. We're out there on the Pinterest. We're the Highfalutins. We're also on SoundCloud with some old podcasts from like two years ago. Uh, <laughs> slash Ski Bum Podcast. And what else are we on? I don't know. I'm, I'm tagging stuff to Pinterest right now as we Look speak. Look at you. Pinning. Boom. We're pinning it. Pinning. Also, you can hit us up uh, at our email at skibumpodcast at gmail.com. And we want to give a shout out to our boy Dean for... Dean emailing us because we screwed up episode number 84 keeping us in check when i posted it to the website i forgot to attach the audio file so the page had all the information had all the links but if you don't attach the audio file it does not go to itunes and it does not get into your sweet little ears and into your brains Boom. so sorry about that guys and dean shout out thank you so much for letting us know that we screwed up fan of the week you're the fan of the week. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Dean, Dean, Dean <laughs> is the fan of the week. <laughs> fan of the week. Coffee of the week is. Fan of the week. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dean, Dean, <laughs> Dean, Dean is the fan of the week. He is our best friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dean. <laughs> Thanks, Dean. All right. So Also, too, if you can, go to your favorite podcasting app and subscribe and rate us. Give us five stars if you could. It doesn't cost you anything. We Give really us one star, it. as long as you rate us. I don't care. Just tell, tell us, me, tell the us truth. we suck. Just tell us why we suck. We need to know. We need positive. We need criticism. We'll take criticism, and we'll turn it, and we'll, we'll learn from it, and we'll make this better. Because you know what? This is the people's podcast. This is the snow people's podcast. This is what we're Boom. all about. We're snowbody. We're snowbody without you guys. <laughs> That's right. We're here for you. All right, and with that, we're snowbody without a little apres today. Yes, indeed. Good sir. All right, Brian, so what are we drinking today? Because uh, I think we're both drinking the same thing. We're we sharing something. We are both drinking the same thing. We got one glass and two straws, and we're sharing it like an old-school 50s malt. Boom. Yes, we are drinking little from... music going in the background. From <laughs> my recent trip up to Vermont, we are, uh, we're digging in, and we're having from our good friends at The Alchemist. Be we're having... Has a definite put a Yes, a little Beelzebub. 
which is an American. <laughs> Sorry, man. No, no, not at all. This is an American imperial stout. That's like, oh, boy, oh, boy. So I didn't really even realize that they made American imperial stouts. Uh, I'm usually not a big stout guy. Had some of those Russian imperial stouts. Those are really good. We yeah. had a Brooklyn one, I think, last year or the year before that was really tasty. This is a, it's got, you know, that coffee-ish kind of it's cocoa you know, stout taste to it. Mm, that's good. But I don't, it's, mm, that's nice. it's really different and unique mm. and tasty and flavorful. Mm, that's nice. That's good. Mm. I mean, everything Alchemist makes is out of this mm. world, and this is no exception. Really yeah, tasty good. stuff. I usually don't like stouts, but uh, I don't know. The only stout I like is I like, you know, regular Guinness, like normal, whatever. Mm. But this is really, it's got a little more flavor. It's got a little more, a little more coffee chocolate. Kind of good. Yeah, it's really tasty. Not too bitter, which I like. It's got a, almost like a little citrusy tinge to it. Yeah. I don't know if they, if they hit, a, hit it with some hops or, or what they did, but... It is a really tasty brew. So. I don't want to know what they put in it. All I know is the magic happened, and it's great out of the can. I'm wearing my Alchemist shirt to go along with drinking <laughs> the Alchemist beer. I love the logo because it's like a Vermont symbol. It's the Vermont state. Yeah, with like all made out hops, of hops, and then like the Alchemist. And just logo the fun. There's no words. It doesn't say anything. It's not like, hey, this is Harry Topper shirt. <laughs> it's just subtle, <laughs> subtle, <laughs> elegant, creative, beautiful. So, it's nice. Alchemist, great job with this shirt. Like it. Great First thing I said, though, I was like, Alchemist shirt. I was like, because I know the symbol. Because you're in the know. It, it gets people that know what's going on. If you know. know, you know. And if you don't, you're not my friend. That's right. And that's you, all right. You probably don't have doors that go like this. You, you have doors that go like <laughs> regular doors, not the Russ Hanneman doors. Russ Hanneman doors, Russ Hanneman beer. You don't have them on your car. You don't know what we're talking about. That's correct. Just saying. All right. So it's time right now for us to take a little ride. In the gondola. Yes, sir. Gondola's going up. We got in. You got your skis? You got your board? We got Frank's Bean of the Week, that's for sure. Frank, I made. <laughs> so this week, thank you, Frank, for sending in your uh, your bean. And we appreciate your comments on Instagram. Dude, Frank, I love you, man. That fucking... <laughs> I love you. You're doing work in your shop. You were... Partying in your garage. Texting us. You you were emailing us. It was great. That's a, the, one of the best places to listen to the podcast is in your garage. You know, oh, while you're doing a little stuff. sanctity, yeah, a little man cave action, doing a little stuff, doing a little, you know, little building, mechanical building stuff. a super bong in your garage, whatever you're doing. <laughs> you got like you know the, changing the, stuff the oil from Home Depot. You're like putting the, the PVC tubes together, pipes and <laughs> drilling holes, putting little smoke things on there. Yeah. It's great. So this week's strain is called Milf. Ooh, Milf. I like Milf. 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 Also known as Milfweed. From mm. Mother Chucker's Seeds takes its name from an Mother, acronym Mother for Chucker. marijuana. I'd like to flower. Wow! <laughs> this sativa heavy hybrid crosses White Widow with a select cut of Trainwreck from Arcata, California. While there is a known indica dominant phenotype floating around, the milf strain tends to be led by a strong, heady buzz that elevates your mood. Ooh! So this is good if you want to be happy. Talkative, euphoric, uplifted, and energetic. What'd you say, Mother Chucker? I like it. That sounds nice. Good for stress. See, this is what I need right now. Because I'm going through some of the crazy stress in my life. Yeah. These last couple weeks. Why are you going through stress? Come on, you got nothing to worry about, man. You're just buying a new house. You're getting a new baby coming. That's <laughs> nothing. No stress. Renting out my old place. You know, nothing. If it's you ever take any stuff. of those stress tests, like, you know, like 
the doctor will be like, well, so let's see if you're depressed or stressed. Uh, have you had any, you know, uh, death in the family, any stressful things in your life? Any, have you had a kid? Have Just you, three major what? life events all at once. It's like, yeah, I got like three out of the five life events that you're talking about. So I, I don't know. Could that add to my stress? It does, but I love it because you know what? You cannot make a diamond without compressing and putting pressure on coal. And I right now am coal being put pressure upon because one day in the hopefully near future, I will be a shiny, beautiful diamond. And one day they will legalize marijuana in this state and you will be able to relax. Phil Murphy for governor. Phil Murphy. <laughs> That's right. Ask your shape of BMW. <laughs> Ask your shape of BMW. That is right. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, you could relax with a nice little milkweed. That would be perfect, actually. Ooh, a little bit. So thank you, Frank, for the bean of the week. Yes. Good stuff. Mario, what's this next story that we got regarding? So next story is uh, I diversified my bonds and invested in a company, and that's why I know about this. But there was a big event. Um, it is a the NAMA One Show. Um, and basically what it is, they debut a lot of like vending machines. And this company, American Green, which they patented the name now so nobody else can use it, but uh, – Ticket symbol, ticket symbol is Herb, E-R-R-B. Um, <laughs> and I just invested in this because it was cool. And now I, I see these uh, these blurbs from them once in a while. And they have this cool vending machine. I mean, the reason why I kind of like it is the concept behind it. I don't know if they're going to be successful or somebody else is going to do it. But um, they actually have this machine that will check your ID it and it will verify that you're the person buying to the point where legally – they will be able to sell weed, uh, alcohol, or tobacco. So I'm like, it's pretty goddamn cool. So instead of having a person, they could actually have like these machines set up like in dispensaries or wherever, maybe clubs. I don't know where they're going to have them, but it would validate everything. Like with your swipe of an ID, it does facial recognition. It's pretty neat. So, so how does it how does it uh, validate your that you're the proper age? Is it used in like, like your driver's license or like how does it? So I haven't dug into this, but I know they've done the driver's license, and then they do facial recognition based on what the state has on file for you. Um, they've done that before, so they can validate that you're 21 and over, that you don't have any criminal record. It gets a little creepy when you think about what's behind the scenes, but if you're talking about automating anything, everybody has information on you already. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's pretty cool. So. Oh, and they're saying that – so this machine, it can be used in different states based on the legality. So right. you know, if you're in New York, you can get a beer. And if you're in California, the same sort of vending machine would allow you to purchase cannabis. Right. So with that being said, I'm sure there's some states that are going to be like, no, we don't want this machine and we want people to work it. So whatever. I'm sure Jeff Sessions in Alabama doesn't want these machines in there. It's just like we're the only state or one of the only states that still – makes you have somebody pump your own gas for you. Well, pump your gas for you. I'm so stupid. Which I grew up in New York. I'm like, why is somebody pumping my gas? Yeah, it takes forever, too. Yeah. Very obnoxious. Like, come on, man. You just start honking the horn. Go, come on. Shit, yeah. I'm in a rush. Yep. So the next story that we have from the gondola still is that, you know, this past week was 420, you know, the, the standard stoner holiday. And NBC News had a poll, and they found out that marijuana legalization is at an all-time high right now. Wow. They're saying that 61% of Americans think marijuana use should be legal, a five-point increase from last year. 
That's almost 10%. That's tipping the uh, table because a lot of stuff was down the line. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because old, dumb people, hate to say it, they're dying. You know, people who grew up in the reefer madness era, you know, who thought, oh, you know, it's going to make you slow and stupid and you're going to not have any ambition anymore. All those people who had that brainwashed into their heads. Oh, you know what? If we don't, if we start smoking weed, we're not going to fight the Reds and the commies are going to take over. That was all drilled into people's heads back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, early 60s at least. I don't necessarily think they're dying. I think they're just becoming aware because it's becoming more, the information of what's really, what the real effects of it are becoming more known. But I think that's for the younger generations. I think the older generations, I mean, how many old people do you know who are progressive and want to learn and change their minds? Everybody that I know who's old, they learned something, they stopped learning in 1974, everything that's in their brain is locked in, it's built into stone, and they're not going to flex or change their opinion for anything. See, but that's a locked in, not changing your opinion on that. Just saying. Just saying. That's very meta. (laughs) From my observations, that's what I'm seeing. I'm just saying that I think it's just a combination of like, that maybe not everybody dying. <laughs> like maybe let's not kill everybody. Everybody's not dying. They're not voting though. They're not. Well, they're not being uh, in these polls. They yeah, can't answer the phone it, anymore. I just think it, it, people are getting more educated. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't. Think about it. You went from a period where there was no education about it. There was only propaganda one way, and now you actually have. You hear both sides of it, and you can make your own choice. Like you can actually like choose for yourself. Yeah. Get through the fake news. And get to the real news. Fake news. Sad. <laughs> sad. Hashtag sad. In 1979, they were saying that 27% of people said it should be legal. Oh, those are the crazy, the 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 bad types. Everyone's yeah. all coked out back then, you know? Those are the bad hombres. Studio 54-ing. <laughs> yeah. The bad hombres. Now it's over 60%. So, you know, it's uh, it, it's really nice to see that, again, you know, we're in a different era right now. You know, there is a lot of – you can get real information out there. And and we've seen both sides of that. You see the real information and you see the fake information all pounding at people. And it's like at least it's out there. Yeah. You know? And here, this supports my claim that I just made. They were saying that support for legal marijuana by age, 18 to 34, 76%. 65 and over, 37%. Yeah, I'm sure that 37% went up from what it was before though. Probably to a degree because, yeah. yeah, again – Probably because the 18 to 34-year-olds, you know, their grandparents are, they've got glaucoma, they've got cancer, they have all these, you know, these issues that could be helped with cannabis. And like, hey, grandma, you are sick. At least try this. What's the worst that could happen? I'm just saying your baby's going to be like, grandma, what do you think about marijuana? And she's going to be like, it is fucking awesome. You asked her five years ago, she's going to be like, it's, it's the devil. Well, my, my mother... <laughs> Sort of got a nice little delivery from my sister who lives saying, in Boulder right? now. And, it's uh, changed her mind. She took a few hundred milligrams of these little <laughs> mangoes. And uh, I still think she won't tell me exactly how she felt because she's a little, you know, still embarrassed. Gotta, still got to guard that. Yeah. Yeah. But I tell you, it's probably changed her attitude on it, right? She'd probably vote she for def- it now. She definitely has. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's become like more just. Just more information out there. There isn't that taboo anymore of like, oh, it's this horrible thing that makes you act crazy. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's not It's not what it is. I think you're right, though. Like, the younger generation is just looking at, like, well, it's on the table of mm-hmm. stuff that's not, it's not taboo. It's just something that I can choose to do or not to do. Right. You know, it's not demonized. Exactly. Goddamn. Yeah. Exercise the demons in there. Yep. Crazy. All right. This is, uh, next, still in the ganja. 
While yeah. we're in the ganja, what's flying up next to us, Brian? I believe it's the new <laughs> marijuana delivery via drone. Boom. This this was a at they did a the cannabis cup last week. The cannabis cup, I love that. They were doing a demonstration of drone delivery. You could have the Stanley Cup or the cannabis cup. Which one are you gonna have? Why can't you have both? That's what I'm saying. The cannabis cup inside the Stanley Just cup. Just think of the Stanley Cup made of weed. Which is bigger? Because the Stanley Cup is only that little tiny cup on top and everything's the base. Is the cannabis cup like bigger? Uh, I cannot confirm or deny. I gotta see. Exactly. Like, do yeah. they have a guy walk around with the white gloves with the cannabis cup? Pretty much. Think, I don't know if they do. I think he has Stanley to. Cup, they do. Yeah, I remember listening to a podcast. Joe Rogan was talking about the cannabis cup. And he's like, I was a judge at one of those. And he's like, after the second strain they give you, you're so <laughs> fucked up. You don't know which one is better or worse. It really doesn't matter at that point. So with the judging, is it better to be judged first or last? I don't think it even matters. That, well, you, you probably taste the flavor and stuff of like that's, the first two or three. It's like when you go to like a whiskey tasting. Exactly. The first two you can be like, oh, you know, this is a little more like leathery and taste of, you I know, your taste cherries. Are wrecked and you're just like just chugging it down. Exactly. Until you get to the Macallan 27 or 30. There is no 27. That's a lie. Fake news. 25. We had Fake 25. scotch. No, we had 25 and then we had 30. We had 30. I don't know where we got 25 from. There's 21 no, that, that we had at the, t- at the tasting, I think. We had 30 and then the next year it wasn't 30 because he got another bottle and it was oh, like, oh, that's right. It was like 20 something. Because his billionaire client was not as... He only had two comas. He went from the trace comas. <laughs> like Russ Hanwin says, fuck you. He fuck went from you. the three comma club to the two comma club. So he couldn't buy him the fancy scotch. God so damn. to get him a lesser scotch. It was a lesser. It was like a 25 or 26. It was like a weird like... A 25 year, yeah. It was 25, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It could have been 27. It could have been 23. I don't know. Do an odd number. I don't, I don't care. No. It was free to me. That's true. So yeah, so they're, uh, they got this drone delivery going on. And you know, right now it's, it's still a... Uh, it's still in the testing phases. I don't think we're going to see it anytime soon. But Dude, it is something that is being worked on. And then we see Amazon be. delivered by drone. We're going to see this. Amazon's all about making that money. So you Amazon's know, Seattle. Seattle's legal. Seattle's legal. Who's delivering the weed? Amazon. It's true. Boom. Ipso facto, it's all going by drone. There you go. And that's when I say release the pirate drones. Let's start taking that shit down. That's Have cool. my drones go take the other drones and take them back to my... You can uh, have your mothership blimp. My blimp up in the sky, up in international air waters that's like not going to be touched. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Or a ship, a pirate ship. Have an actual pirate ship in international waters. Have your drones come out there with these... With all the weed. You have like a, a weed barge, like a tanker full of weed. Can you imagine that? I can't even wrap my brain around that. A weed tanker. Weed tanker. Dude, and we have like a picture of Snoop Dogg on the side... Now it's getting out of control. All right. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, we, it, we can make it happen. But now it's time for little ski news. Ski news. Ski news. So we're getting into the end of April. So things are winding down in a lot of places. But you know where it's not winding down? It's beautiful Snowbird, Utah. My God. Dude, there's a lot of places that are get, still getting a shitload of 19, snow. So they got snow the last couple of days. And this total storm from this past... We're recording this on Thursday. From this past Wednesday through the weekend, 19 to 35 inches of snow. Last week, I actually thought about, like, I should probably book a trip to go somewhere. Yeah. It's fucked up. Like, you could book a trip to go to Snowbird and get a shit ton of snow right now. Yeah. So they're saying Thursday night, while we're recording this, snow showers likely... Uh, three to five inches possible. 
Thursday night, three to seven inches. Friday, seven to 11 inches. God damn. And this is after having 17 and 10 the last two days. I mean, they're just, it's just relentless. It's not stopping out there. What are you doing this weekend? I'm going skiing. I've got to check my lottery numbers. Some fresh pal. I'm going to be heading out there tomorrow morning. Some fresh pal. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Dude, you got to having They're having better conditions this week, the last weekend, last week in April, than we had in early February. Dude, you got to get your crows out there. They're, they're, they're looking at you. <laughs> they want to fly. The crows want to fly. Boom. Yeah. I put my whalers out in the fucking in, in the storage thing, and they were looking at me like, you son of a bitch. They're, Why just, are you shaking, they're just shaking that unit trying to break the door open? Dude, it took me like an hour or two to put them in there. They were like fighting from, from going in. I was they like, son go of a bitch. Yeah. I don't know. Crazy. So Snowbird's getting pounded. And also, in this same storm, Wyoming and Montana are getting pounded as well. Boom. They're getting about two feet <laughs> from between Wednesday and Friday. In Jackson and out in uh, wow. in Montana. Yeah. It's unbelievable. There's a picture, too, kind of going along with this story. Corbett's cabin. There's a picture of Corbett's cabin. It's almost completely buried still. Wow. It's so cool. The one angle, if you look at it, I guess it's the Mm-mm. looking front to the back of it. Good waffles. You can't though. even see it. Are like, they still making waffles in there, though? They are. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, the summer season, technically, starting in May. Tommy Mo. But they're still making their waffles there. Yeah, the, that bacon waffle that we got with him was pretty awesome. It's bacon peanut butter waffle? Something like that, yeah. <clears throat> I think I'm going to like the Whistler waffle better, but that's okay. We're no, not. I like my uh, Corbett's Cabin waffle. Because, because the bacon wasn't boiled and mushy? Yes, it wasn't raw. I had like semi-raw. Canada, what are you guys doing with your bacon? I know I you have know. your Canadian bacon, but that's just ham. But the bacon bacon... What you gotta make it crispy, dudes? That's how you eat bacon. Corbett's was a little less fancy. Like the one in Whistler wasn't fancy at all, mm-hmm. but the Corbett's Cabin one was really not fancy. It was like, yeah. I was like, all right, we just set up camp here. Like we're not official. It was, no, I know it's pretty cool, but it was it was really good. They're saying right now the bottom of Rendezvous Bowl still has a 160 inch base. God damn, they had 621 inches snow. Uh, so far, <laughs> snow far. Snow far this year. Wow. So Jackson is still getting pounded, so you still have a chance to get out there mm. and grab some nice turns. And when do they close officially? Because of the, uh, the deal with the parks? I don't know exactly if, they're, if they have to close. I thought they did, no? They have, they have I think, a unique situation. But um, I know they have, because the tram runs all year long. Yeah. Um. Well, it opens May 20th for the summer season, but I don't know if right now if you have to hike up or if the... Uh, I imagine if it goes all year, right, then they they just switch. Usually there's probably not that much snow, but why not? Yeah. Hell yeah. Go to Jackson right now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You could do worse. Mm-hmm. Action Jackson. <laughs> Action Jack. <laughs> that could work. Whew. All right, what do we got next? All right, uh, upgrades are coming to Purgatory and Hesperus. So um, there's a lot of upgrades. So now everybody's announcing all their upgrades like they've been for the last few months um, because now they're committing to what upgrades are going to do over the summer so that when they open up for the winter, everybody knows what to expect. Um, So the resort um, officials for Purgatory officially announced 
that they are going to do a lot of capital improvements. And some of them for the summer, um, during the summer, they're going to do tubing. They're going to do um, an airbag. like they're, So they're going to do the jump airbag. Uh, they're going to do a mountain coaster. Um, they're going to do some cut some more trails, some more glade skiing. Uh, triple na- uh, chair lift at Needles Lift 6 will offer new midway loading zone. So they're really trying to make improvements to move people up the mountain and make the terrain a little bit better. So I've never been to Purgatory. I've heard about it all the time. Any any desire to go there? I would definitely like to check it out. Uh, it's one of the most southern resorts in Colorado because it's in Durango. Um, Durango. So that would be a cool trip to hit that place after hitting Wolf Creek. Because cool. that's where you have to fly into for us. Mm. Is Durango. And do Wolf Creek and then do that. But what I find really interesting is this Purgatory Snowcat Adventures. Yeah, I'm seeing that. Which seems really cool. Now, I don't know if this is new or if they've had this already and they're just increasing and upgrading it. It looks like they're going to do... They're going to do a portable ski shelter. So I don't know if it's, that's new or or what. But but yeah, this Purgatory Snowcat Adventures is going to have 35,000 acres based at Purgatory Resort. And they're going to be improving their snowcat cabins and then having these shelters available for breaks. Cool. And I guess Hesperus, which is near there, is going to do um, more lights for more night skiing, which is very rare to find like out west. Yeah. Uh, a new yurt. A new yurt. Always got the new yurt. Yurt, yacht to yurt. Yacht to yurt. We're big fans of the yurt, just mm-hmm. saying. Uh, if if we were in Genghis Khan times, I think we'd be in a yurt. I'd be like, all right, I want to be hanging out with Genghis because he's in a yurt, just mm-hmm. saying. Uh, but Genghis yeah. yurt. Genghis yurt. So, yeah, so there's, uh, there's going to be, you know, a bunch of different improvements. They're going to help with the summer and winter, and uh, things, are, things are happening. Bigly. And I just, just to follow back up with that last story, Jackson is officially closed. It closed on the 10th, so. Hike up. Or are they still running the tram up to the cabin? No, nope, tram is not running until May 20th. Son of a, oh, so they still have waffles or no? I don't think so. Damn it. But you, you got to pack your could, own waffles. You probably could hike up, break in there, and make your own waffles. Is it B-Y-O-Y? Bring your own waffles? B-Y-O-W? B-Y-O-W, perhaps, yeah. Bring your own waffles? Bioif. Bioif. It's Bioif up there right now. B-Y-O-W. Just yep. saying, if you're hiking up there, make sure. B-I-O-W and B. Got to bring your bacon. Bacon and waffles. There's got to be a way to heat up that bacon on a little sterno or something like that. Be mm-hmm. nice. All right, what else? Okay, next up, we've talked about this probably a bit more in you know February regarding the outdoor retailer trade show that's been going on in Salt Lake City and the big push to leave the state of Utah because of the... I thought that was final, right? Or no? Well, it looks... It's still up in the air. So Salt Lake City has made a bid for the outdoor show again. And it was an unsolicited bid to host the convention. Hmm. They mean they've hosted it for, you know, years now. I'm not exactly when how long they've been doing it. Oh, sorry, 20-year relationships. They've been doing this for 20 years. And because of... This whole issue with, you know, Bears Ears National Park, the different members of the outdoor retailer um, so trade show, are, we're saying that, we're you know, we're not going to support Utah. They don't support our, you know, our lifestyle, our brands. 
we're going to move somewhere else. So, so that was a whole reaction to what was it? Bears Ears. They were going to allow what, like drilling? They or wanted something? to designate it as a national park, but the governor signed a resolution urging President Trump to rescind it. Okay. And then that Jason Shavitz dickhead, he was about rescinding it also. So they signed it, then rescinded it, and that as a backlash, everybody was pulling out of this show. Yes. Okay. They, all the different, you know, like Arcteric and Black Diamond, all these companies were yeah. saying, we're not going to support Utah anymore. We're not going to, we're pulling out. So the whole outdoor retailer trade show was like, all right, well, you know what? Then let's, we got to move then. It was so many that they were like, well, we're not going to have a trade show because all the big guys moved out. So let's right. have it somewhere else. So. so they were looking at Denver was the big one, Portland, I think a few places in California, Seattle. So they, nothing has been figured out yet. They still haven't figured out where they're going to go. But they said there's been at least 20 other cities that have made bids. But Salt Lake City went in there again, and they, you know, they said they they want to have them there. They don't want to lose that, obviously. Right. Uh, the res- they say that attendees spend an average of one thousand nineteen dollars each in the city. I can believe that. Yeah. So the the biannual show injects nearly fifty million into the city's economy. Wow. So they do not want to lose that. But you know, the people have spoken. These companies, you know, they they can wield a pretty powerful stick. So. I guess it's tough because you have this organization that's putting it together and then you have the state that they deal with and then the state does something dicky and it's like everybody's pulling out and it's like, all right, well we're not we're not like necessarily standing with the state. We're just trying to host this show. So it's but it's all part of the whole state income and stuff. So it's kinda it's kinda messed up. But. Well if you're the governor, you're the head of the you're the CEO of the state. Exactly. Know? It's a it's your policies are going to trickle down to to the all the different aspects of how your state's going to operate, and if you're going to sign a resolution saying to rescind that, I don't know why they would, but he decided they needed to do that, and the the people fought back. Yep. So it's I a like beautiful it. grassroots movement. Yeah. So suck it, Utah. <laughs> so the last dish effort, did they have like a bag of cash with that? Is it like going? Is it going like uh, FIFA style or not? <laughs> FIFA World Cup style? Some shady Mormons out there <laughs> making it happen. All right. So Vail, Report, uh, Vail Resorts reports certain ski metrics for the snow to date period ending April 23rd. So uh, season to date total lift ticket revenue uh, from the company's North American Mountain Resorts, including uh, the, all- the allocated portion of the season pass revenue for the applicable period, was up 7.4%. Uh, now, anybody that knows Vail, they're gigantic. So 7.4% is pretty damn big, uh, probably due to a shit ton of snow everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, ancillary spending increased, which is good to see. And you want them to spend more so that you can enjoy yourself. Um, with ski suit revenue, so um, the spending compared to prior year with ski suit revenue uh, is up 4 4.5%. Dining revenue went up 3%. Um, and then um, resort lo- store locations, uh, the sales were up uh, 3.4%. So yeah, that was like retail and revenue, yeah. Retail and revenue, yeah. So everything was up. Everything's coming to bases. So they're selling more stuff. Their they're ski school's doing better. Their dining revenue's up. So everything's coming up uh, millhouse in this Uh Season to date total ski vi- skier visits, which we keep track of because it means like who's going to the mountain. Like, are you just charging more money or are actual people going there? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're saying up 2.8% compared to prior year. So, I mean, when you're talking about a, a, a resort that's as big as Vail, it's kind of interesting to see like they are really 
doing well. So this came out as part of their, um, you know, quarterly reporting. And of course, they do the EBITDA and all the other crazy math that they do to say, well, you know, uh, everything's going great and, you know, uh, looks, looks pretty good for them. So, you know, I'd be curious to see a chart that shows the ski, you know, a resort like Vail or a company like Vail seeing how their earnings correlate to maybe the Dow Jones, you know, or or something. Because it seems like as if the economy is doing well, the general economy, that skiing does better because it's more of like a discretionary income activity. It's not something, you know, it's not like buying milk or buying eggs. You know, you need that extra money to be able to go on these trips. So... That'd be a pretty interesting thing to to chart up. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, when you talk about so Vale's at one hundred ninety nine dollars right now, and if you look at their stock, right? Their stock. It's MTN <clears throat> is their stock symbol. Yeah, on the New York Stock Exchange. It went up, you know, had little dips and dabs, but uh, I mean, if you look at overall, like, I mean, just today it went like up and down like crazy, but if you look at like, you know year-to-date, it's just going up and up and up. I mean, it has little dips and valleys, but if you do the, the over one year, it's just gone up. I mean, everything they've done has been positive, like, you know, done a lot of good moves, a lot of purchases, a lot of good acquisitions. So um, I don't know. It's weird. Like, in the ski industry, I think if you buy anything, everybody's like, oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. They're not even looking at the numbers. They're like, yeah, it's going to be better for the ski industry. Like, it's a different different animal altogether, you know? Yeah. Well, if you look at their stock charts for the last 10 years... Crazy. You know, obviously, it was down like 08, 09, everything, you know, took it. Should have bought 10 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. If you look at it starting in, you know, probably the end of 09, you could have picked it up for around 38 bucks a share, 37 bucks a share. It's now at almost 200. Wow. And they have a nice little dividend, too, I believe. Their yield is almost 4%. They do pay a dividend. I'm sorry. It's like 2%. The dividend's 3.48. So, so if you have taken that money, yeah. go back in time, invest it, you'd be owning part of the mountain. Yeah. So as we mentioned that, we mentioned that because it's going to lead us into our main topic. The main topic. So what are we talking about for the main topic today, Brian? So we're talking about skiing as big business. Big business, not big just business. business. Yeah, there's a lot uh-huh. of money to be made in the ski industry. Get you know, town, really? we always like to talk about the fun side of skiing. You know, the new gear it's and the where there's snow. Dark down. Gordon Gecko side we're talking about now. It's not always Gordon Gecko. <laughs> it's really just you know the way things have to operate when you have to logistically get a lot of people and a lot of machinery and a lot of uh, technology working to get people on the mountain, up the mountain, fed, grooms, you know, trails groomed out. There's a lot to a ski resort and what takes place in one just to get it functioning. So we're going to talk about just uh, not getting deep into those details, but just talking about the ski industry and uh, some of the big players that are now shaping the industry blue horse show goes long on uh mtn just saying. don't they ever <laughs> a few weeks ago you know we talked about the big story where aspen um, is now kind of creating their own little conglomerate to battle Vale resorts 
and saw a really great article from Charlie Steiner, who writes for Forbes. And he he gave a nice breakdown and talking about the, you know, how now Vale, who was always the big player, now has a true rival with Aspen. And it's fitting too that like the they were always the two like marquee rivals, right? Yeah, it's almost like the Lakers and Celtics of basketball in the eighties or, you know Larry Bird and Magic. Yeah. Dr. J. Yeah, they were the uh <clears throat> the big rivals. Yeah. So this article was on Forbes, and you know, I, it was a excellently researched and written article. So I kind of saw that, and just wanted to take some of the finer points of that story and kind of break it down and talk about it. Because you know, I, I'm not sure if you guys really pay attention to this kind of stuff or really care, but it's one of the things that's just good to know. It's good to understand, and understand why they do this, you know, because it does make sense in the long run for these guys to, you know, create this kind of basket of, of resorts. So Vale, we'll start with them. We kind of talked about their, their they had some nice quarterly results. They're making good money. So they're big resorts. So here's the list. They've got Vale, we've got Beaver Creek, Breckenridge, Keystone, Park City, Heavenly, North Star, Kirkwood, Whistler Blackcomb, Parisher in Australia, Wilmot Mountain, Afton Alps, Mount Brighton, and recently acquired Stowe. So that's a pretty solid collection of resorts. Yeah. And now, along with that, they offer the Epic Pass, which we have talked about, you know, in the past as well. And the Epic Pass is unlimited access to all those resorts. That's if you get the regular featured Epic Pass. And it's right like now, a season pass that, that is good everywhere, which is just amazing to think about. Yeah. So the the basic one that they sell, well, I guess it's not the basic. It's like the, the luxury main one. It costs right now for an adult $859 and for children 5 to 12, 449 And I believe it goes up at a certain point. So right now is probably the cheapest that you can get it. Yeah, all of them are just like the cheapest you can get right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that's that's unlimited for all those resorts, no restrictions, nothing. They also have their Epic Local Pass, which is a little more restrictive. It offers 14 resorts with limited restrictions and holiday and peak restrictions. And that one is six hundred and thirty-nine bucks for adults, three thirty-nine for children, and five nineteen for teens. Nice. They have the Epic Seven Day Pass, which is six thirty-nine for adults, three thirty-nine for children, and that is eleven resorts, unrestricted days, no restrictions. They also have the Four Day Epic Pass, which is four nineteen for adults, two twenty-nine for children, and again, it's eleven resorts. Four unrestricted days and no restrictions. So they have a couple different options that you can choose from, depending on how much you want to ski. Next up, we have Aspen Resorts. So again, we talked about how Aspen just recently purchased IntraWest, and they also purchased Mammoth and their family of mountains. They offer the Mountain Collective Pass, which is a little bit different in how it works. It's a max of two days, right, at each place? It's a max of two days, but I think if you buy it ahead of time, 
like if you buy it now, so it's early enough in the you know kind of the pre-sale season, you get a third day at some of the big ones. Huh. So the Mountain Collective Pass that includes Alta, Aspen Snowmass, Banff, Coronet Peak, Jackson Hole, Lake Louise, Mammoth, Revelstoke, Snow Basin, Snowbird, Squaw Valley, Sugarbush, Sun Valley, Taos, Telluride. And Threadbow. Hmm. But, so... Depends where you're going skiing this year, right? It really depends where you're going. And part of the thing that makes that unique is a few of those resorts aren't technically owned by Aspen. Right. They're just in the past. They're just in the past. So, you know, Telluride just recently joined. I don't know if Jackson Hole has always been in there. Well, Vail did that, too, because they have... I mean, I only know this because we're going on a... Um, our ski club is looking to go to the Three Valleys. Mm-hmm. So Three Valleys is part of the, the Vail one mm-hmm. uh, in France, and there's a few other ones. Just like um, you know, Mount Collective is going to have some that are not part of that ownership. They're just part of the pass, which is really cool to do. Right. So the Mountain Collective, like I said, they offer two to three days, two days usually, and then uh, a bonus third day. And they offer this right now. If you were to buy today, $4.29 for adults and $99 for children. So it's significantly cheaper, but you don't get quite the you don't get the unlimited access that you would. Actually, if you're going to do a week at Jackson, it pays for itself. <laughs> Jackson's pretty expensive. Yeah, and you know, you also get 50% off additional days if you're using this pass. So, yeah, if you needed five days at Jackson, you could get three from the basic pass right. and then two additional days with a 50% discount. So, yeah, can make that work. Ways to make this work. All right, so that's the Mountain Collective Pass. And that's pretty much most of the Aspen resorts that are within it, plus the additional ones that they're just affiliated with the pass. And then you have Powder, P-O-W-D-R. And we're just doing a little bit of research on them. Because, again, I know Do our they local... they still own Killington? They still own Killington, yes. They own a kind of a smaller group of mountains. They own Boreal, Soda Springs, Mount Bachelor, Copper, Eldora, Killington, and Pico. Which is also... Which should be connected to Killington. Should honestly. be connected, yeah. yeah. Actually, when you buy your Killington Pass... It's included in both. there, yeah. yeah. So I started looking at Powder's website. So they have they're pretty unique because they, you know, skiing is only part of their you know, their basket of businesses they have. One of their things that they they push too is they have these Woodward these Camp Woodward experiences, they hmm. call them. Right. And what they are is pretty much since the 70s, they say they've been inspiring kids to thrive through creative expression in sport, technology, and music. And you go to the videos and you can kind of check out, they have like skate parks and, you know, a lot of those, you know, the setups where you can learn to do tricks and flips and jumps. Nice. Which I thought was pretty interesting to see. And they're opening, they have four of those already. They have one in Pennsylvania. One at Copper, one at Tahoe, and then another one out west, which I think is also in California. But they also are doing like a Hard Rock Hotel in Riviera Maya. Uh, they're doing something in Putacana in Dominican Republic. They have a bunch of other resorts down in um, 
in Mexico. Nice. And they also do these just lifestyle events. So they do festivals, they do branded events, they do themed runs and performance events. Nice. Under their brand Human Movement. Hmm. So yeah, they they'll do, you know, like a Santa Con or an Oktoberfest. Like do they do a lot of that stuff music too? Music festival or something, yeah. Yeah, and I know, you know, certain resorts they they have a lot of those events going on too. And like, you know, a company like this, you know, if they do want to have something at one of their their big resorts, they can they can tie that into it. Which is, you know, pretty unique. So if you want to do like a tough mudder, you know, or like a mud run or whatever they want to call it, they can run those events and then they would want to have them at their, you know, their mountains that they operate and that they they run. Cool. Well, I know when Aspen did their purchase recently of IntraWest, um, they were in with another partner. I forgot the name of them. I think it was like KSL or yeah, it was like an investment like firm. Yeah. But that investment firm owns a lot of real estate at the mountains. So yes. while there's a part of Vale that owns like primarily like it looks like their ownership is like the the actual ski mountain and everything, um, there's a lot of resort stuff that's affiliated with with all those areas that that other company owns. I think it's KSL Associates or something owns like KSL Capital. Mm-hmm. KSL Capital. They own a lot of that like real estate and stuff, which is interesting to see mm-hmm. because when Vale bought Stowe, they only bought it for fifty million. And I say only because there's a lot to to I'm sorry uh, when they bought Stowe, there's a lot to Stowe other than just the mountain, but they only bought the mountain. Right. They didn't buy the country club. They didn't buy like so that was is still owned by whoever owned it before, which is kind of interesting to see like the split. So they're hmm. they're leveraging the conglomeration of the mountain stuff, and then that that real estate and all is still kind of separate, you know. So that fifty million, that was just a skiing operation, pretty much, right? That's what it looked like, yeah. Mm-hmm. From the from the whole. Uh, now Tremblant, uh, when they brought Intrawest, I don't think we ever saw a number on that, did we? For how much they bought it, Vale did. I thought we did see it. I thought it was uh, one and a half billion. Yeah, one and a half billion takeover Damn. of Intrawest Six Mountain Resorts. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it's interesting to see like the conglomeration now and, and the passes and stuff. I think in general, like this was eventually going to happen. Like if you're if you're running your own little local mountain, like everybody realizes, it's like, it's hard to survive because you have a bad winter. Mm-hmm. You you can't leverage against anything. Um, if you own now like different resorts in different parts of the country, you're going to have good snow and probably higher profits at one versus another at any point in the year. You're a little bit more stable. So mm-hmm. now, for a skier or boarder, you can go to the mountain and be assured it's going to be open. Yeah. You know, not only that, you're also leveraging the fact that they can offer a pass or these other, these other like deals for for less money, which is which is good. Rather than just go and buy one pass, one season pass at one mountain, now you have a almost like a season pass at different mountains, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and that's one of the things that that article that I mentioned earlier brought up. You know that they, uh, you know, the goal of these big companies is to you know to lure and lock up destination skiers from all over the country and you know they're they're trying to target you know families doing a couple trips a year so you know if you're going out for christmas and you're going out for you know winter break in february or march they want to be like oh you know what why don't you get the veil epic pass you can go to veil one time and then you can maybe go to you know 
North Star at Lake Tahoe or something. Whistler, yeah. Yeah, because you already have that pass, you know, and, you know, for the for them, for Vale, they're making money both on the lift ticket and then also because they own the property and the dining experiences. They have their hand in all of that. So they're making money on a couple different ways. They want to lock in those. It's those, like the casino, they're getting you there. Yeah. They know you're going to spend money when you're there. So it's kind of like, hey, you know, let's let's – give you a decent deal on the skiing it's not like they're giving it away mm-hmm. but they're giving you a good deal to to spread the love around it's to encourage you to come there yeah yeah and it's not only that it's it's encourage you to go to many of the different resorts so like when i look at like the the veil pass i'm like you know we could it's it's beneficial if i was going to do a trip to whistler and let's say one of the place like like park city or Vale or heavenly or whatever i could hit stowe because it's local i could do two days there and then i could hit two days at, let's say, Whistler, and then two days at Vale, right? Now, if I'm on a trip, now that that pass is paying for itself, you know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of what they're looking at. Like, you're going to be, hopefully you're going to be near one of those places and be able to ski it local or semi-local, and then you're going to go travel to another destination. And you never know, too. You know, the nice thing about it is if you have this pass, and again, maybe... There is a big dumping, and maybe you can get a quick flight out, you know, to go for, you know, out to Park City or out to Tahoe. And you're like, you know, I can go out there for maybe three, four days. If I, if you don't have to pay for lift tickets, you're thinking, well, I'm saving 300 bucks because I already have this pass. Let's say you're traveling for work. Yeah. Boom, you're near, you know, you're near Vail or you're in Colorado. Like, hell, I, I can go to one of these places and ski for free. I just got to bring my skis. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It makes it very attractive. Yeah, and there's all different permutations. Like you said, there's like the local passes, then there's the national ones. So you got to really look into and dig around. Yeah, as much as Aspen is making, you know, becoming the rival to Vail, Vail still has, I mean, they still have the best, you know, group of resorts and the most options for the passes, which is nice. And then there's these other passes. So there's the Max Pass, which we were talking about before. So before we get to that. Yes. Um, so we mentioned Powder, but now Powder, there's another company, Boyne Resorts. So they have another, they have a nice group of resorts too. Their crown jewel is pretty much Big Sky. Um, and they own a bunch of local mountains in the Michigan area, Boyne Highlands, Boyne Mountain. But they also have uh, Brighton out in Utah, Crystal Mountain up in Washington, Loon in New Hampshire. Sugarloaf and Sunday River, which are the two big ones in Maine. Those are pretty big. Uh, yeah, yeah, and Summit at Snoqualmie, which is up in Washington also. And what makes them interesting is Powder and Boyne have an alliance. So they work together, and they have combined their resources, and they have created the Max Pass. It's 44 mountains across some of these groups, which is weird when you look at the like the the makeup of it, mm-hmm. it's like you're combining some of these groups we talked about. It's pretty about. much Powder and and Boyne. Their resorts mixed together. Right. So with some extras thrown in With there. some extras, Which yeah. Is, it's just weird. Like, But yeah, this is, a, this is there's a lot more northeastern resorts. So like Tremblant is there. I don't know if that's because, uh, so the Interwest ones are in there too. I don't know if they're going to bring them out because now Vale brought, uh, I mean Aspen brought them. Like, they might just keep them in here. So it's kind of like you got these all weird mixes of passes, but it kind of depends on where you're going to go. Yeah. And the Max Pass now, 
So the MaxPass has some different options too in how you want to purchase it. So right now, the regular MaxPass is $6.29 for adults 18 and over. That gets you five days at any of their resorts. But they also have their season pass add-on. So say you have a season pass for Killington. So you pay whatever it is for that. You can add on $329 and then get the the rest of the max pass access. Right. So it's unlimited at the one resort you bought the season pass, and then mm-hmm. you add this on for five days at all the other places. Exactly. The one yeah. nice thing is there's no blackout dates for these pass for this pass. They have Alaska, Alaska. So that's the thing. If you're going on one of these trips, like you gotta look at like, all right, where am I gonna go on these trips next year? You know? It's yeah. kinda like they've got some pretty like they got kicking horse on here, Crested yeah. Butte. They've got some pretty interesting places on here, yeah. Mountain Creek? The creek, baby. <laughs> Actually, you know, for our area, as much as Mountain Creek might suck for like weekends, yeah. if you're gonna use it, you can burn five days there. True. Yeah. I mean, Bel Air is there. That's five days you could burn there. I mean, yeah, Wyndham, and now they have a uh, Whiteface. Yeah, I mean, think about it. If you're going to go to Steamboat and Solitude and Tremblant, now you're burning days at Killington, Pico, um, you know, Mountain Creek, Bel Air. Like it's it's kind of you're getting your use out of it. Yeah, Gore. It's, it seems that if you are one of the, if you're a mountain now, you have to be affiliated with one of these passes. You're almost like shooting yourself in the foot if you're not. Yeah, and it's kind of like that's why you see the different permutations. You see all these all these resorts like they're part of one of the passes almost. You know, mm-hmm. like they have to to survive. It's it's kind of I'm sure they're all getting some kind of residual from all the the past purchases. You know, yeah, just yeah. I'm sure some sort of cut, like a percentage cut. It's weighted. I'm sure you know, like right. Jackson and the, the big mountains are going to get a bigger cut, and then the smaller ones get a, a lesser cut. It's almost like NFL where they do the profit sharing. Mm-hmm. It's good for the whole organization because everybody stays afloat, you yeah. know. Um, and then the ones that do really well still do a little better, but everybody's still benefiting. So right. So yeah, these mountain. You pretty much, if you're a mountain, you have to be affiliated somehow with one of these passes. Yeah. So the only advice I would say is, you know, take a look at where you're going to go. Start planning now. And this is the thing. And that's why we brought this up early because these <laughs> yeah. these passes for next season are still extremely discounted. Yeah. So if you are trying to figure out a plan, you can hop on this now and still get the the early bird deals. They start going up already, like August and like so. It's kind of like it's early, probably like, not probably by like end of June. Before. Yeah, yeah. So like while we joke around about like okay, the ski season ended, it's it's time to start thinking about where you go next year. I mean, our ski club that we we go with often already announced the Europe trip and the big North America trip next year. So it's kind of like they came out with it like before the mad rush because all summer everybody's asking, where are we going? I want to plan. I want to, I want to do this. And I think part of the reason they did it was because of these passes. Um, they're talking to the um, travel agent and they're saying, well, where can we go within this type of pass that people that bought it can get the most, you know, the, the biggest bang for the buck. And it's kind of interesting that they did that this year. So, yeah. So, yeah. So as skiers, it gives you a lot of different options too, where, you know, you can go based on the pass availability. And for these owners of these companies, you know, they are getting the benefit of, you know, if they own so many different resorts, I'm sure they can probably lock in better, cheaper distribution deals from food vendors from energy sources, from any of these, any 
outside service that they have to purchase because they can buy it in a larger number now and service more of their resorts, they can probably get a lower deal, which will increase their profitability. So for them, it benefits them having more and getting these better rates. And for us, it benefits us by having the better deal. I mean, hey, yeah, we have to pay less to go do what we want to do anyway. So as much as people want to trash Vail and the big resorts and the big uh, you know conglomerates, they do have competition now. And competition is good for the consumer. It's good they have com- if there wasn't competition, that'd be a little scary. I think that's why people were starting to get pissed at Vail because yes. they were buying everything up, and there and was it's no getting scary. Like yeah, I mean when they bought Whistler, people were starting to really freak out. Like whoa, what's next? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. But now you have a big competitor, which is good. And again, with competition, that means they have to create a better product. If all of a sudden the one pass seems like it's way too expensive versus the other pass. People aren't, they're not going to sell as many. And if they don't sell as many, they're not going to make as much money. And that's going to force them to make changes. So I think as, you know, as skiers and boarders, it's going to benefit us by having these at least three big groups becoming more even at this point. They're not probably, they're probably not even, but you know, they're, they're, they're getting closer than they were probably a year ago. And what's nice is you're still going to have your grassroots. That's not part of any pass, like your Wolf Creek or your, Blue, you know, just all these these places that are just like, no, we're we're our own place because we want to be our own. And you're still going to have that. It's going to be more novel, which is good, you know. Yeah, there will always be the uh, the holdouts. But again, I mean, you know, we did mention that Jackson Hole and Snowbird and Telluride—they're all part of these the passes, the, yeah. the passes. But they are actually independent. Jackson Hole, Snow, uh, Sun Valley, Snowbird, and Telluride are still all independently owned. Yeah, family cool. run. So you don't resorts. have to sell out. They're just dealing and giving everybody the benefit of the deal. Yeah, yeah. They're making it work for them. So hopefully that gave you guys a little some new information that you may not have known. Um, we're gonna have the links and all of the the lists on the website, so you can check that out and start figuring out what you guys want to do for next season. So check it out at skibumpodcast.com. Oh, yeah. Take a selfie. That's right. It is time for Under the Ropes, and the coffee is starting to wear off, so we're going to have a nice, smooth finish. Oh, no, we're not going to have a smooth finish. We're going to... Get this shit going. Oh, okay. We're going to ramp this up. we got a rally, man. All right, Mr. Firestarter, let's you kick uh, kick it off then. All right, I'm going to firestart this this baby with uh, Amazon is unleashing the new Echo with a built-in camera and what they're billing it as for, quote-unquote, style selfies. Uh, so, um... Because you now you're a big Alexa fan. You've got the, uh... I'm a big Alexa. You've got it here. She's not listening right now. Well, so there's the um, the Amazon Echo, which is like a full speaker thing. Then there's uh, the Amazon Echo Dot, which is what I have. I've got a few of those. Um, and those are cheaper. It's not a big um, big speaker. And they're meant to be like, you know, in-home, around the house, you know, have multiple. Uh, and now they're coming out with the Echo Look, which has a built-in camera. Now, I already don't like – I already cover my um, my Xbox – Mm-hmm. My Xbox, uh, what's the little bar, the little uh, active thing that, whatever, it sees you, recognizes your face. I already cover that because I'm creeped out by, like, people hacking in and, like, looking at me, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, now the Amazon Echo, they're saying that the Echo Look, they're going to come out. It's going to be an Echo with a camera, and it's going to be able to take full-length videos and photos of you um, 
just by using your voice. So you could say, you know, take a, a selfie of me or whatever. Uh, you say that word, that person, take a picture, and then or take video, and then it will uh, it will start taking pictures or video of you. Uh, so rather than have a selfie stick, this is the lazy way to do a selfie of you, which is probably good for taking selfies, but I just think it, it speaks to a culture of people that are a little bit vain and want to take more selfies of them, like mm-hmm. have more ways to take pictures of them. Um, I also don't like from a computer guy and a security guy. Um, I kind of know how things get hacked. <laughs> and I could see people hacking into like all these echoes eventually and just being observing you throughout the day. I don't think they would ever do that, would they? There are sites that you can actually go on and just look at like baby cameras and, and it's fucking creepy stuff out there. There's a lot of crazy sites that are just like already hacked and they're just open. So like if you have a security camera or a baby monitor or like anything that's on the internet, a webcam, like they're hacked pretty much. Just assume that they're hacked unless you're shutting them off. No oh boy. And that somebody can just log in and just watch you, which yeah. is pretty creepy as shit. But uh, So my Xbox like So Rockwell, he was onto something when he always felt like somebody's watching him. Exactly. See? Exactly. He Do knew. you have a camera on? You got to cover it all up? Yeah. You know, I'm not crazy like covering up windows and stuff like Whatever, I want my privacy, I want my privacy. But if you have a camera, the idea is to take a picture of you. Like mm-hmm. if it's on and connected, then it can take a picture whether you want it or not. just depends on how it's locked down. So. Yeah, I mean, I know Amazon is saying they have this Amazon fashion. Like they're trying to push that part of the business. But yeah, I don't know. I think this it's seems... great for Amazon. The, the way they're marketing it is pretty good. Um, you know what? It, it just speaks to a demographic that I'm not part of that demographic. I don't really give a shit about somebody else that I don't know telling me about fashion. All you wear is Skibum Podcast shirts anyway. That's SkibumPodcast.com. That's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, make make podcasts great again. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I'll go and ask people. You know what I mean? Like, I'll go actually interact with human people. Ew, say, why would you want to do that? And say, hey, you know, uh, what's going on? Do you like this? Do you not like this? Like, I don't need to just put it on the internet and say, I don't want to have any interaction with people, but I still want to know how I look even though I'm not interacting with people. So if I'm going to stay in the privacy of my own home, I guess it's important if you're not interacting with people that you look good. So if I'm staying home, I can look, you know, styling, mm. which I guess is, I don't know if that's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be weird and see where this is going to go. There's going to be a lot of just weird Alexa dick pics. There's going to be, on. there's going to be nude pics all over. Like, oh, I'm sorry, my Alexa took it. Everybody's going to blame their shortfalls. This is their out now, yeah. <laughs> That's right. What happened? What happened was the sex tape, I didn't really film it. It was the Alexa malfunctioned. We don't know. We know that didn't, didn't malfunction. Or what if you're having a romantic encounter with someone named Alexa? Boom. Right? I saw somebody on Tinder named Alexa. I was like, wow, I could be like, do this, do that. Like, would she listen? Probably not. Probably you know? not, yeah. Just saying. I probably get slapped a few times. Yeah. Be a whole lot. I love a girl with a fresh ass mouth, though. Just saying. Who doesn't? I quote JB Smooth <laughs> when I say, "Yeah." So yeah, we'll see what sort of disasters weird. I love this though because it's going to open up takes us. a whole lot of like just let's. It's one of those where you know the train wreck's coming, and I just want to. I got a, a. We have a a seat right there watching it unfold before us. Yep. So. Okay, I'd say go out and get it. I love my. I love my. My Echo. As an Amazon stockholder, full disclosure, 
I say please go out and buy as many of these as you can. Put one in every ha- every room in the house. I think it'd be great. Like you could take a picture of stuff. Like buy me it's this true. this stuff. Like whatever it could recognize. Like what you're wearing or I don't know what you hold up. Like here, buy. Yeah. They're like you need a pair. You need this green shirt to go with those pants you're wearing. That would be kind of cool. order it up. So at what point do you actually choose what you do in life? You don't. You let the bots do it for you. It's a little Mister Robot. Action you're in the right Matrix. There. You gotta. You gotta. Break it down because things are getting a little too... Just fuel for the bots. That's all we are. Saying pretty soon we're just going to phone it in and not make any choices and Amazon tell me what I should buy. Yeah. I like when you order stuff rather than it orders for you. Just saying. That's how it should be. My preference. Yep. Okay, next up. The Kitty Hawk flying car has been unveiled this week. This this was a really cool video that came up on the internet this past week. And it is a 220-pound open-seat, single-person, eight-battery-powered propeller flying, technically, quote-unquote, flying car. And I feel comfortable that the person that just cut me off in traffic earlier today is going to be driving one of these. Yeah, this looks really cool. And the article talks about it. it looks like something that Luke Skywalker put together with spare parts. It looks, I mean, almost it like looks it's, awesome. it's, it's to be launched from the water. So it has those like pontoons on the bottom. And then it's looks kind of like a spider web where all the propellers are. And then there's the, almost like the top of a wave runner, you know, like the seat with the controls. And you sit on top there and you cruise along. And just chop up the people on the wave runners or at the beach. <laughs> As you descend on them from above, you're sitting there sunning yourself, and this dude comes in, just ripping it there. Yeah, I don't know if it, if those blades are that strong. I'm sure they must be if they can move a person. He crashes into you. You're gonna feel something. Yeah. So the aerospace engineer that created this, it looks you know, awesome. There's a video showing him do it. I mean, it only flies about 15 feet above the water, and just cruised around a bit. Um. But this is uh, one of the first, you know, successful one of these, you know, flying cars, quote unquote, that we have cruising around now. I can see this as like an Uber taxi, like a like a trained professional in this. Yeah. Um, everybody getting one of these in the morning to go to work. I can't see it. But not, yeah. not in this area. Yeah, I mean, there is still the the FCC is still looking into all this. How are they going to regulate this? Can they? I'm yeah. talking not, FAA. FAA. Is looking at it. Yeah. FCC's probably looking at it too. <laughs> they probably are as well, right? Well, they're saying there's a bunch of other companies that are are working towards creating a product like this. But this is one of the first ones that has had a real test flight and has been successful. It looks pretty cool. It looks really cool. It, yeah, like it's like a wave runner and like a pontoon boat plane combined. Yeah, it's flying above the water, so it's not like dipping in or anything. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, if you stay low enough, then you're not going to, you know, you wouldn't die from impact hitting the water. It's it's low enough where, you know, you'd probably hurt yourself, but it wouldn't be as, as you know, as bad as if you, you know, went down from like 1,000, 2,000 feet or so. Yeah. You just scrape yourself up a lot. The real The real problem is who you crash into. That's always the problem, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so the Kitty Hawk, you'll be seeing these around probably pretty soon, and maybe you can even pick one up so you can enjoy your summers. 
So let's see, let's say you're flying this thing, cruising around, you're going to work. Mm-hmm. Now you have drones that are flying to deliver packages. And weed. And weed. <laughs> and you have everybody on these things and all these drones flying. I'd rather be walking at that point because I think that would be uncrowded. Just saying. Quite possible, yeah. Motorcycle. Motorcycle, mm-hmm. that shit. You yep. come back with a motorcycle. Yep. All right. Speaking of uh, ground transportation, uh, Uncrate um, had a story on Bridgestone came up with an air-free bicycle tire. Now, I've seen a few of these. I know they did this with um, with actual cars. Uh, but these um, air-free tires, it's basically like um, a tire made out of spokes, out of rubber spokes that support a rubber tire. So it's kind of like... Um, you have your your tire frame, and then you have these spokes that come out and support like the rubber wheel around. Uh, looks pretty cool. Uh, so they're saying it, you know, it resists puncture and it lasts for a long time. It's like made of like a, a mix of resins, and um, it's it's very efficient, uh, efficient use of resources. So it looks pretty neat. You wonder how durable the tire itself would be, as I, opposed to a regular, you know, air air-filled tube tire i think it's pretty durable i mean i read something on the 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 um they had a version for cars and they said right. it would have lasted problem is with the cars they're like no you'll put us out of business we don't it's kind of like the whole you know um, we could run on water but we're going to kill the person that that came up with it kind of thing um, uh for bikes they don't care because whatever you have tire <laughs> manufacturers they're still going to make it you know what i mean like uh so i think it's it's more it's not going to rock the boat as much for a bicycle, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, someone had a flat tire recently and had to drag his bike around. It sucks. It sucks getting a flat so tire. So did you yeah. change your flat tire? What did you do? You well, just dragged I, it? I dragged it to the train. Okay. And took the train to work. Oh, you got to get good at changing the tire, man. It's easy. Well, I didn't have any gear with me. Like, I didn't have any of the, the stuff. You got to have the uh, you got to have the little levers. Mm-hmm. You got to have the tire. So I, I bought the, that stuff, and I changed my tire, and I rode one day on it, and it came back, and it was flat oh. because I had still had more metal stuck in there. So I was riding in a very kind of gross, industrial, urban area, and I picked up a, at least one in big staple yeah. and a bunch of other metal crap. So well, that's I thought problem. I got it all out, but it I didn't. It sticks in the tire, and then you put the new tube, and it punctures the new tube. Exactly what happened. Yeah. I had that. Um, and then I damaged spokes, too, because I was riding a little bit, and ooh. my my plump body just put <laughs> enough pressure on the, the t- on the wheel itself that a couple of spokes popped out. Oh, wow. So I had to have that all fixed. Wow. I actually was riding my road bike uh, <clears throat> last year. It was last year, and I went through an area that, it was kind of industrial. I had some crap on the road, and I got a piece of metal in. And I found the metal, and I thought I got it all out. And I went through two more tires. So I went through, like, oh. three tires. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I thought it was a problem with the tires. Sometimes the you know, the, uh, the stem gets, gets screwed up, too, and then you flatten. Uh, with this thing, who cares? You just keep riding on it. Keep riding. Yeah. If that thing's flat, I'm still riding on it. I'll change it whenever I get a chance when we get home. I don't think it would ever get flat, would it? It wouldn't get flat, flat, but like the outer tube is probably air filled mm-hmm. to give you like that comfort. But if you didn't have it, you're still riding on it. But like, I don't care. Yeah. As long as I don't damage those spoke things, I'm good. Mm-hmm. See, that's what you need. That's those what ones. you need. Yeah, those will be 
Especially riding in the ghetto. Goes out. Especially riding in the ghetto like you do. I know. Seriously. Ride through the ghetto, ride over bottles, anything you want. Just like bam. Homeless people. Homeless <laughs> people. Boom. You're like, you know, you're you're syringes. Get some, yeah. some air off the homeless people. Woo! What's crack, up? Crack pipe. Land on a crack pipe, but like bam, I hooked right over the crack pipe, man. Yep. <laughs> That's the way to do it. All right, and now our final story. Whew, you're going to bring it in strong. We try to make the final story as weird and gross as you're possible. You're bringing the ruckus on this and one I this think week. we hit it hard this week. Even I stepped back and I said, holy sh- what am I looking at now? So this is from the good folks at Barstool Sports, <laughs> and they have discovered in Japan there is now officially a blowjob robot. It is pretty incredible. Okay? Yes, from the good folks at Japan. <laughs> now, thank, you, thank you, Japan. Now this is so it is actually a robot. It looks like a battle bot. The the mechanism inside of it. Oh, when you take everything off, it you looks take it all apart. Fuck. Yes, it's it looks. There's a couple of different platforms to it. You just had sex with a battle bot. That's what it turns out to be. Yeah. It's so a there's lever flipping like it's crazy. Yeah, it's like the they're using corrugated steel and wood, and it looks creepy without. When you see the mechanism, it well, looks- when it's taken apart, it looks it does look very industrial. It looks almost like a gas pedal, and then there's another level, and then there's the whole frame that it all lays in. And they show that, and they show it plugged in, and then they they. Plugged in. But the thing is, you have to put like a pillow and a fake head, and you they have-, have a whole apparatus that goes on it, which is actually pretty impressive. I gotta say, it's pretty interesting. Uh, the creepiest part is the way the head is just kind of stuck on there. And then you almost have to throw a parka or a jacket <laughs> or something on it to make it not look like just a piece of metal. You're banging some metal. It looks like, like some sort of ex machina, weird. You know somebody's going to get off of like, I'm banging the Terminator kind of thing. I don't know, man. It's, it just looks messed up. Yeah, this is uh, it's, but it has it's a, funny. Like, you you got to watch the video. It's, but I would imagine you get this whole thing going. Like you got to buy that, then you got to buy like a real doll thing, like to go on top of it. And well, then, I, don't know. I mean, the head must come with it. I would think, right? I don't know when it's going. When when the thing is in operation, though, it looks pretty real. Yeah. I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, if by real you mean it looks like the the girl from the ring coming out <laughs> of the well and coming to fulfill all of your fantasies. The best part is like you're watching the video. And you're like, oh, my God, this is like somebody doing – and you're like, all right, that's a robot because it's like – it's got clothes on and then you, the hair. So it looks like a real person. It looks like a prostitute at a northern rest area because she's got the boots on, the big jacket. <laughs> I like that description. So if you're outside, this is the perfect blowjob machine. It's, it looks like a buffalo hooker. It's what it looks like at a rest area. Buffalo rest stop hooker. A buffalo rest stop hooker. And know. I love how they're like, you know, they're saying, well, look at the safety measure. You put your hand on its head and it stops. Yeah. That's like, so you can stop the ruckus if it gets too strong. You know, and some guess creeps are going to be like, can we reverse that so I can push it down or something? Like, I'm sure. And there's different speeds to it. I mean, they show it like going in normal mode and it's got like 120 <laughs> jams a second mode. It can, you know. <laughs> the best is they get the banana and like shove it in there. <laughs> it's like. What are you trying to do? And then at the end, it's like, 
Yes, from the brilliant minds at Arlan Robotics. God damn, that is going to be the... <laughs> Building Brighter Futures is their tagline. That is going to be the most insurance dick ripping off thing in the world, man. This thing's going to go crazy to start ripping dicks off. It's horrible. Mm. It, it looks like, while it looks... All right, it's, it looks... Well, I have a question. How many dicks could it rip off? Because number one, after it rips the first dick off, are you going to resell this on Craigslist? You know, is someone like, going to want to buy a refurbished... Dick sucking robot. If it's factory refurbished, they're like, sure, it's been refurbished. It didn't rip any. It's only going to cost off. me 50 bucks. This is a good deal. <laughs> and look at this. That's I my got new bleach. <laughs> I know I got plenty of bleach at home. I can clean it out. Oh my God. I think I would shoot that if I came home and saw it in the bed. I'd be like, what the fuck is that? Oh, I forgot. I have this sex robot. <laughs> the, the company is Arlen Robotics, and their, their tagline <laughs> is Building Brighter Futures. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. I don't know how you can make a blowjob robot and actually seriously have a tagline saying building brighter futures, but I just, uh, you know, I'm a skeptic I'm when it comes to, yes, I, I, you know, I'm just thinking like, this is going to be the biggest dick ripping off robot in the world in history. There's going to be one model that just, I don't know, just does something to your penis. that's not good. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you have to like apply the hair to it, and uh, it's and made the, of like up to hundred percent human, like real human hair. Oh yeah, yeah. You and you got to wash it. I mean, you got to wash this all up too. It depends where you where you're putting it. Like if you're putting it in the hair, though, that's you know now you're. But where you're washing it? Are you putting it with your dishes? It's like going to the dishwasher. I'm not eating anything in that fucking house. Could you imagine that's what I'm someone comes in and like opens your dishwasher and it's like a head in there, a head and hair. After they just ate ne- dinner, next to your I hate Mondays like coffee cup, <laughs> they're like helping the you clear cat. the table for dinner, and they're putting that in. There's they see a, head, a fucking like, what head. What the there. hell? Oh yeah, I wash my um, dick sucking machine in the dishwasher that you just ate your dinner off of. Yeah, it would taint. Let's let's say the the meal. Put it that way. This is all just way too weird. Damn. This Might is... as well just use your dish sponge for wiping your ass, right? I this is yeah. It's, it's just. Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised that this has been invented. I'm and not res- surprised. And I respect this company for, for making this product. But uh, Unfortunately, I, there's a whole faction of people that want, like, robots to have sex with. Like, that's what they're looking for. They're waiting for the big breakthrough of someday I'm going to have sex with a robot and I don't have to worry about anything. It's like, now you're not really going to leave the house ever, are you? Yeah. Well, have- I guess the kind of person, you see, my thing is, what, like, where would you store this? You know, like, it seems like kind of big and bulky. I think the person, yeah, who is going to be buying this is never going to have people over ever. Because you're not they're the kind of person who... You're having it out. ...has some social awkwardness. You're getting the um, Amazon Alexa Echo thing to tell you what to wear mm-hmm. for your date with your sex robot. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. And then they deliver your your clothes via drone. It's like the opposite of Bill Cosby, this thing. (laughs) It's the complete opposite Cosby. They should call it the un-Cosby. If they had this, I think Bill Cosby was set up then. It'd be a lot less rapes. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Probably be a lot less rapes. Probably be a lot less people going out. Yeah. That's good. I'll keep traffic down. It's fine with me. When I go out, I won't have to deal with a lot more people. It's fine with me. Yeah. Place is getting crowded, so. Yeah. So People just stay home with your dick sucking robots. I'm sure they're going to invent a, a version for women too. It's going to happen. That's that's probably easier to invent than something for men, right? Yeah. But what do they come out with first? The men's version. 
Where's the women's version? Just saying. You are quite the feminist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's your goal in life. E- equality. E pluribus uminum. <laughs> <laughs> well, can this woman service a woman as well? Just saying. Want to be equal. There's only one way to find out. Because you know somebody's going to want a man version to service a man. Yeah. And vice versa. Just saying. To apply some beard hair. Instead of having the wig, you just got to apply oh. some... <laughs> put a beard and a mustache on there. You just put it right on there. Yeah, yeah. To change the eyes a little bit. Yeah, it's a guy, girl, whatever. It'll be like a, just like a neutral, and then you could dress it up. <laughs> so, do you want the Bruce or the Caitlin? Oh. You can make it go either way. <laughs> whatever you want. Equal um, opportunity. Either way, it's gonna take the skin off of your Johnson. Eventually. I don't it's know. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you guys gotta watch this video. It's uh. It's interesting. That's about all we can say about it. It, it. it makes you, it opens your eyes to robotics, what is possible, and it makes you understand Ted Kaczynski, why he wanted to destroy all technology. You know, the Unabomber. He had a plan. He said, this is going to destroy us all, and I think this is just one more nail in our coffin. This may be the problem with robotics class in high schools, because mm-hmm. I imagine high school kids are like, let's build this robot. <laughs> well, it's probably <laughs> most of the robotics club kids... Just not to generalize, but a lot of dudes <laughs> who are not getting much love from the ladies. But they can get it from the robot from ladies. From the robot ladies. Oh, robot ladies. Here Just we go. Just watching the Jetsons and watching Rosie and be like, oh, if I had a Rosie. Giggity, giggity. Yes. They go to the prom with this girl. With the robot. <laughs> I got my robot date. <laughs> God damn. It's just leading into a lot of... Yeah, interesting stuff. I think with that, we should probably end the podcast for the week. I believe we need to. So thank you so much for listening. I can't believe you're still listening if you are still listening. Thank you so much. Check us out at skibonepodcast.com. You can check us out on the socials, twitter.com slash skibonepodcast, instagram.com slash skibonepodcast, facebook.com slash skibonepodcast. We are on Pinterest as the highfalutins or on SoundCloud sort of skibonepodcast. And we will see you guys next week. Stay high, stay pollutant. See ya.